chapters thirteen through fifteen of the tale of Master Meadow Mouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Tale of Master Meadow Mouse by Arthur Scott Bailey. Chapter thirteen A Moonlight Raid. The Meadow Mouse party in the cornfield vanished as if by magic. Not one of the merry-makers lingered an instant after hearing that Batty Coon was entering the field, and since Master Meadow Mouse happened to be near the shock where he lived, he ran up it in a twinkling, and crept inside it, to curl up in his nest and try to catch forty winks. He felt safe enough. Hadn't old Mr. Crow come to the cornfield every day? He had never even poked into a shock to disturb Master Meadow Mouse or one of his cousins. Mr. Crow had eaten corn, to be sure, but he hadn't bothered anybody, and now Master Meadow Mouse thought that as soon as Fatty Coon had stuffed himself with corn, he would stroll back to Cedar Swamp. Master Meadow Mouse had fallen into a doze when a sharp rustle waked him. Ho, ho, he chuckled. There's Fatty Coon now. He's pulling an ear of corn off my shock. Well, I don't believe I'll miss it. There's corn enough in this field for everybody. Master Meadow Mouse tried to go to sleep again. "'I wish Fatty Coon wouldn't make so much noise,' said Master Meadow Mouse, grumbling a little because he was very drowsy and didn't like to be disturbed. "'There!' he exclaimed after a few minutes. "'He's gone. Thank goodness!' But Fatty Coon had only carried his ear of corn to Broad Brook to wash it before he gobbled the kernels. He was very particular to wash almost everything he ate.' but that was about the only way in which he was fussy. There was nothing, almost, that he wouldn't bolt greedily. After he had devoured the first ear of corn, Fatty Coon went back and pulled another off the same shock. Again he roused Master Meadow Mouse from his slumbers. "'He's at it again,' Master Meadow Mouse complained. "'I wish he'd go to some other shock.' The third time that Fatty Coon wrenched an ear of corn from the shock where Master Meadow Mouse lived, he paused and cocked an ear towards the top of the shock. Was that a squeak? he asked himself, and then he sniffed. Ha! he cried. Do I smell a Meadow Mouse? Fatty Coon was not mistaken. When he rustled the dried corn stalks the third time, Master Meadow Mouse had cried out right in his sleep and he waked up just soon enough to hear Fatty Coon's remarks. "'Maybe you do smell a meadow mouse,' he replied under his breath, so Fatty Coon couldn't hear him. "'But it won't do you any good, for I'm not coming out of my castle until you go away.' It soon appeared that Fatty Coon did not intend to leave, for Fatty began to pull at the cornstalks with his claws. Although Farmer Green had bound the stalks together tightly— one by one, Fatty tore them loose and let them fall upon the ground. And inside the shock, Master Meadow Mouse suddenly started up in alarm. CHAPTER Fourteen: THE MASKED BANDIT It was no wonder that Master Meadow Mouse was startled. He cowered inside his nest in the top of the shock of corn. The whole shock shook. There was a terrible rustle of dry leaves as Fatty Coon tore away stalk after stalk. "'Old Mr. Crow never did this,' Master Meadow Mouse stammered. "'He never disturbed my rest. "'But this awful fatty coon means to catch me, and I don't know what to do.' Meanwhile, 
Fatty Coon was muttering horribly to himself as he worked. "'This fellow must be fat,' he grunted, as he wrenched at a stubborn stalk with claws and teeth. "'With all this corn to feast on, he must be in fine trim. Mmm, he ought to be just right to top off a good meal of corn.' "'My goodness!' Master Meadow Mouse gasped. "'How annoying! He intends to eat me!' For a few seconds Master Meadow Mouse wondered whether he ought to fight or run. "'I wish,' he thought, "'that I'd brought my old sign with me when I moved to this new home. If I had hung it outside my door, Fatty Coon wouldn't have bothered me. When he read that notice, "'Gone to lunch, back to-morrow, he would have shuffled off about his business.' But idle thoughts and wishes were of no use at a time like that. Master Meadow Mouse soon realized that he must act, and act quickly. "'Maybe I'll bite his nose,' he said to himself. "'But I want to peep at him first. So Master Meadow Mouse left his nest, and crept a short distance until he could peer out from a chink between two cornstalks. In the moonlight he had a fine view of Fatty Coon, and as he stared at the intruder, Master Meadow Mouse shuddered. "'No!' he exclaimed. "'No! I never could fight him. I wouldn't dare bite his nose. He's far, far too big for me to tackle.' There was no denying that Fatty Coon looked both huge and dangerous. Across his face was a black mask, which only added to his horrid appearance. And through the mask his eyes shone green and greedy, right into the frightened ones of Master Meadow Mouse. One good look was enough for Master Meadow Mouse. He drew back hurriedly. Through his mind there flashed a saying of his mother's that he had not thought of for a long time. He that fights and runs away will live to fight another day. I'll run first, Master Meadow Mouse decided. Then perhaps I shan't have to fight at all. Then he stole out of the shock of corn on the opposite side and when Fatty Coon pawed his way through to the nest, he found it empty. He gave a wail of anger and dismay. "'He's gone! The Meadow Mouse has gone!' Fatty bawled. "'And I'll warrant he was a fat one, too. It's always the fattest one that gets away, and nobody can deny that this one was living high.'" Chapter 15 The Flood "'This means another move for me,' said Master Meadow Mouse. Fatty Coon had broken into the house in the shock of corn where Master Meadow Mouse had been living, and Master Meadow Mouse had fled. Somehow he felt that a change of scene would be good for him, although he had dwelt but a short time in the cornfield. He had no longer any desire to stay there, for Fatty Coon had given him a great fright. There was no denying that. "'It seems as if I were always moving.' Master Meadow Mouse mused. It's lucky for me the world is wide. Thank goodness there's plenty of places left where I can go. I've tried the meadow, Farmer Green's woodpile, the tangle beside the pasture fence in the cornfield. And now, now let me see. I believe I'll settle along Black Creek, under the bank. He was talking with Long Bill Wren, who had a nest in a marshy spot near the creek. "'Oh, don't make yourself a home under the bank,' Long Bill cried. "'The fall rains will come soon. The creek is sure to rise. And then where will you be?' "'I'll be in the water, I suppose,' Master Meadow Mouse answered. "'Correct,' said Long Bill Wren. "'And you want to avoid that. 
Maybe you've noticed that my wife and I built our nest off the ground. We fasten it to the reeds so we'll be dry, no matter if there's a freshet in the midsummer. Ah, Master Meadow Mouse exclaimed with a smile, I see you don't like water as much as I do. The fall rains won't trouble me. If the creek rises as high as my house, it will be all the more fun. Long Bill Wren gave him an odd look. You're a queer one, he remarked. Anyway, you can't say I didn't warn you. If there's a flood when the fall rains come, and you get drowned out, you can't say it's my fault. Certainly not, cried Master Meadow Mouse, and I thank you for your kind advice. But I'm not going to be drowned out. I can swim. Long Bill Wren shook his head. I hope you'll escape, he said. I shall not be here to know whether you do or not, for we're starting for the south tomorrow. But I hope to find you safe and sound next May when I return. And then he went home to tell his wife that Master Meadow Mouse was a very daring young fellow. Master Meadow Mouse built himself a house under the bank of Black Creek. And later the rain fell heavily for several days and nights, just as Long Bill Wren had expected. The creek rose fast, yet Master Meadow Mouse didn't worry. When the water lapped at his doorway, he only laughed, and when it caught at his house and bore it downstream, Master Meadow Mouse held his fat sides and roared. The flood brought much rubbish with it, but Master Meadow Mouse saw nothing that took his fancy until at last a floating board caught his eye. Master Meadow Mouse swam out to it and scrambled upon it. Hurrah! he squeaked as the board carried him along with the current. This is fine. I've got a raft, and I'll go a traveling. End of chapters 13 through 15.